Hi, welcome back to the Mahabharat podcast. Beginning with the end. To summarize where we are, we have just had the abrupt separation of Dhritarashtra and Pandu when Pandu decided to go to the forest, causing a break in the Kuru's succession line, or as Dhritarashtra would see it, a correction to it. We then heard of the birth of the two sets of cousin brothers, the 102 Kauravas and the five Pandavas, followed by the return of Kunti and her five children to the Kuru capital of Hastinapur. The stage is set, the characters are growing up, their tendencies are showing, their trajectories are forming, the dilemmas are emerging and the conflicts are brewing. Sage Vaisampayan interestingly chooses to begin his narration of the Mahabharata with a series of self-reflections from Didrashtra that he felt towards the end of his life. The wise sage chose to begin with reflections. He chose to begin with hindsight. By the sage opening in such fashion, aside from being a poetic masterclass comprising of 66 beautifully constructed statements, he also sounds a warning. Didrashtra did not get it right. The structure Didrashtra uses in his reflections is one of causality, specifically saying, when I did this, I knew I had no hope. It is a rally of lamentations. Lamentations of what? Lamentations connected with losing. Losing what? The competition with the Pandavas, or losing more broadly with respect to the higher aims and principles of human life. It seems to be essentially a combination of both. The deep regrets associated with trying to win what he knew was the wrong fight against people he knew were honest and noble. And that too, to try to win against them at all costs. Regret, whilst sometimes a useful means of contemplation, may not necessarily be so progressive in isolation. However, in opening with this morose and depressing rally, Sage Vaisampayan does a few things. There is no doubt that the Mahabharata is a highly nuanced story, where there are multiple sides to each story from the perspective of each character. But the sage using Didrashtra's reflections makes the overarching takeaway very clear. Truth and righteousness ultimately somehow prevail. No matter how much the tables may have to turn along the way, so one should not think they can pursue ulterior self-centered ambitions that do not lend themselves to the betterment of all. If we try to do this, though it may seem like we may be winning, this is not sustainable. Karma, nature, the supreme power will prevail. And it is better to come to our senses sooner than later. Whilst this essence and outcome is high level, it doesn't just manifest itself, it also has process to it. And that's also what we will be exploring. One person's trash is another's treasure. What Didrashtra saw as reasons to be morose were the very drivers for success for the Pandavas. 
Dhritarashtra cites 66 reasons that broadly fit into seven factors. The seven factors are indeed interconnected. An improvement in one area will more often than not raise the game in other areas. Category 1. Battle Let us first introduce the concept of tangible and non-tangible factors. Tangible factors are visible factors that may be said to be direct causes of outcomes, whereas non-tangible factors are those we cannot see and can be said to have an indirect influence on outcomes. In the Mahabharata, battles had outcomes, and more often than not, they were binary outcomes. You win or you lose. A battle can be thought of as the grossest of tangible factors in determining an outcome. Contest does not take place in the locker room, nor the strategizing table, or anywhere else. It takes place on the battlefield. It is for the same reason why big sporting competitions, ultimately it is the final which attracts the most attention. The pressure is on, the stakes are high, it is the culmination, it is the battle. This is why 29 of 66 reasons did Rashtra cites that indicated to him that he had no hope were concerned with the defining moments on the battlefield. Individual contests that somehow or other did not go the Kaurava way, which were like taking bricks out of the Kaurava wall. And ultimately, these brought the Kaurava house down. Category 2. Goodwill. Up second and accounting for 17 of 66 factors, over a quarter of Didrashtra's reasons were goodwill. The people bore a lot of goodwill towards the Pandavas. Even those fighting on the opposite side did not wish any ill fortune on the Pandavas. Yudhishthira's name was Ajat Shatru, meaning one who knows not a single enemy. Out of goodwill, even the Celestials gave weapons to the Pandavas. Others disclosed secret strategies to them, and prominent figures on the opposite side preferred the Pandavas to take care of them when they were injured on the battlefield. Such was the extent of goodwill that the Pandavas attracted due to who they were. When people are bought in to a cause or a person, it often carries great weight, and many from the illiterate to the celestials were bought in to the Pandava cause. Category 3. Track record. Tidrashtra was very anxious with respect to his side's chance for victory when he compared the battle track records of the two sides. As sons of gods, and having been raised through a tough upbringing in the forest rather than with silk linens as the Kauravas were, the Pandavas knew what hardship and struggle was. Track record being demonstration of tangible capability, Didrashtra cited six occasions where the Pandavas overcame prolific foes, including the Battle of Virat, where Arjun single-handedly overcame 
none other than the Kauravas and Kuru elders. Arjun, whose name Vijay means victory, had wins against not only humans but also superhumans. Bhim had also amassed a number of impressive wins since the moment they left Hastinapur, and this deadly duo ate into Dhritarashtra's sleep. With each battle, they had earned the respect of their foes and sometimes their allegiances also. In this way, the factors of battle and goodwill are connected. With the exception of the ever-provocative Bhim, the Pandavas didn't necessarily go looking for trouble. It simply isn't something Yudhishthira would approve of. But when trouble found them, the Pandavas certainly had an impressive record of dealing with it. Category 4. Alliances As we mentioned, there were many parties that had an abundance of goodwill towards the Pandavas. The Pandavas constantly liked to seek the advice of wise sages. The sages, having divine vision, would point them in a particular direction. For example, speak to this person, go here and do this, defeat this person who is causing problems. As a result, the Pandavas had an additional navigation compass. They were open and free-spirited in this sense. The Kauravas stationed in Hastinapur, however, were more concerned with stopping the Pandava rise than how to develop themselves. They were looking inwards, trying to form alliances when your entire game plan is inward focused, proved challenging for them. The Pandavas, as we shall see, due to their circumstance, not really of their own choosing, were constantly interacting learning and amassing allies from Krishna to Drupad to Virat. Category 5. Destiny Tidrashtra effectively turned the metaphoric blind eye to the injustices conducted by his children. However, they just couldn't seem to get rid of the Pandavas. They kept popping back up time after time. Whether it was intricate death plots involving multiple expert planners or attempts to exile the Pandavas, they kept coming back. Tidrashtra recognised there was something providential about the Pandava path, and also his own. This made him feel worse. He didn't necessarily like being evil, and he hoped that one attempt and it would be over. They could live normal life again, having done what his son so desperately wanted to do. But that seemed never to pass. Recognising this destiny factor added to Dhritarashtra's anxiety. However, this very factor of destiny was something the Pandava side had a good grasp on. They relied on exertion and destiny in a healthy balance, albeit within the brothers there being differing views at differing times. Tidrashtra cited destiny-driven reasons five of 66 times. However, needless to say that qualitatively it counted for much more. Category 6. Motivation Bhim was an extreme character, 
When he made vows, they were serious. Arjun, although prone to less volatility and temperament than Bhim, was also serious when he made vows. So when Didrashtra knew that these two brothers, who had unquestionable power that had been tested in real conditions, had vowed to defeat the Kauravas, he knew he had no hope. On top of this, and very importantly, Yudhishthira's lifelong suppression of his younger two brothers to balance any scores with the Kauravas had brewed for a long time. Tidrashtra knew that Yudhishthira's sanctioning war meant that they would be fully unleashed. Category 7. Personalities Last, but by no means least, personalities for Didrashtra were everything. He was aware of the underlying characters of Krishna and Arjun being incarnations of super-powerful beings. There was not a single chance any of these could lose. They could easily overcome the entire host of gods on their own. Knowing who people are is key. On the surface, people may look like each other, but if we take time to look into who they are, their character, their background, their achievements, their potential, we will better understand how they are likely to fare in a situational dynamic like we have here. Though only two of the reasons Didrashtra's sites are connected to personalities involved on the Pandava side, it is clear that this factor is decisive. The seven factors of personalities, motivation, destiny, alliances, track record, well-wishers and battle are in this way indicative of outcomes. Displaying the importance of the governing principle in the prevailing of truth and purity of motive, as well as the means to triumph, the great sage Vaisambayan begins narrating the incredible story by starting from the end.